Okay, so we're up to Daf Kuf Gimel Amid Aleph, the second line. So the Gemara says like this. The Gemara tells us. The Gemara says Layemish name. So the Mishnah said that if two of the husbands agreed to support this uh, girl, the ex-husband and the new husband, they both have to support. One gives food, and obviously, if the other person gives food, then it's not going to be helpful. So the other one gives money for food. So says the Gemara, the following story. There was a certain person who had a mill. And he rented, so Reuben had a mill, and he rented out the mill to Shimon. So Shimon is now the renter of Reuben's mill, but instead of paying rent, he made a deal that Shimon will grind Reuben's uh, wheat for him for free. And that'll be the payment. So Reuben is the owner of the store, Shimon is the renter, and Shimon has been grinding Reuben's wheat. Leseviat, to the end... Reuven got wealthy. He doesn't need anyone to grind his wheat. He has his own. He got another mill and he got a donkey to run the mill. So he doesn't need um, he doesn't need Shimon to grind his wheat for him. So now he just wants Shimon to pay rent. So so Reuven says to Shimon, until now milling the grain was your rent. I want money. You know, circumstances have changed. So Amrlay, so Shimon says back to Mitchat Khinalach, no, I'm gonna continue milling for you. So the question is, who's right? So Savarivin Lamaima, Ravina thought to say, Hainumasan. Well, the question is, does circumstance change regarding payment? Well, isn't that clear from the Mishnah? The Mishnah says, Think about in our Mishnah. You have this girl who is supported. So the father A when he was her father, stepfather, was giving her food. And all of a sudden, this divorce is a second father. So now she has two people supporting. What happens? Father A doesn't give food anymore. Father B gives food. Father A gives money. So you see, change in circumstance. She doesn't need double amount of food. So now she gets cash. So to over here, he originally needed someone to mill the wheat. And he doesn't need it anymore. He should, circumstances change. He should get cash. So Amalei Ravavira, meet Dami. Ravavira says, no, you can't compare. In the case of the Mishnah, you have to change because she has one stomach. If you supply her with double the food, all you're going to do is waste. You need to give her cash. But, over here, milling wheat is always good. Either he'll eat it or he'll sell it. So let him sell it. Let one mill be for personal and one mill be for selling. So, Lechaira. It's not the same as the Mishnah, and and he and he and he has and he has to allow the person to continue grinding wheat for him. Now, again, so Shimon is grinding wheat, wheat for Reuven as payment because he doesn't want to give cash. It says the Gemara. The Gemara clarifies: Loy Amr will only allow the renter to continue uh, grinding the wheat instead of cash. It only applies if there's no Meaning, Shimon has he he's the renter, so he has the mill all day. If there's downtime, so from his perspective, there's downtime anyway. Let me let me grind the landlord's wheat. I got downtime. I'm not spending money. Perfect. But says the Gemara, says the Gemara like this. However, if aval isla lerichaya, but let's say Shimon the renter, his his mill is working twenty four seven. So if he would be doing this, it would just be to spite. Meaning it doesn't even help him. 
Meaning, if he has downtime, he has three hours a day with no, with no customers. So for the, those three hours, he wants to grind the wheat. For him, from his perspective, it's very smart from a business perspective. It's better to do that than to pay. I understand. But if, let's say, his mill is, is operating 24 hours a day, he's super busy, he would just be doing this out of spite because he doesn't want to pay the cash. He doesn't want to help the other guy out. Then, that's called acting like Sadoim, being such a Russia that, that it, it financially hurts you, but you're doing it because you're being spiteful. That we won't allow. That's that we won't allow. So we'll force him to pay cash. Okay, Mishnah says like this. We know that part of the Ksuba, it says that the widow gets to stay in the husband's house and is supported by the orphans. So says the Mishnah, if you have a widow who says to the husband's children, I want to stay in the husband's house, meaning which is what the Ksuba says she has. I want to stay here. But they want to kick her out. They can't say, listen, we're not giving you food here. We'll only give you food if you move out. Can't do that. They can't say you have to move out to your parents' house. Can't do that. Okay? Says the Mishnah. Rather, she stays in the house and they give her food commensurate to her status. Meaning, if she's a chash of a lady and she's used to chash amount of food, she gets that amount, whatever. They have to upkeep the status of what she had when she was married. Now, what if the opposite? Let's say she says, I don't want to move back in the house. I want to go back to my parents' house. I don't want to move there. I don't, I don't want to live in, in, the, in, in the ex-husband's house anymore, the, 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 the deceased husband's house. I, I want to move out. Then the halach is, They could legitimately say to her, Listen, we're prepared to give you food as long as you live here. We're not paying if you're not going to be here. We're not just giving you food service if you're living somewhere else. You want to live here in the house with us, then it's fine. If not, not. But says the Mishnah, If she says she's not comfortable living there because she's young and they're young and she's worried about Yichud or she's worrying about an inappropriate relationship, then of course she's correct and then we're not going to make her leave. But if she has no real halachic reason, she just doesn't want to live there anymore, they could force her to stay or she gets cut off. Says the the Gemara, Tanur Abanon, Mishdameshes b'Mader Kedesh Mishdam Bchayibayla. She uses the house the way she used the house when she was alive, when the husband was alive. Meaning, Lefikvaidai. She she. Ba'avad Mishvachos Lishanim Bchayibayla. She uses the slaves and, and and servants as she did when her husband was alive. Bekar Maksos Lishanim Bchayibayla. She, 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 she uses the pillow and the covers. The way her husband, she did when she was alive, she uses gold and silver, meaning she lives as if the husband was still alive. Because that's what it says in the Ksuba. You live in my house, and you're supported from my my belongings. As long as you are a widow in my house, you get supported. Okay, so you see the, uh, her ability to stay in the Ksuba, to stay in the house, is is part of the Ksuba itself. So it says the Gemara, Tanya of Yosef, we've had this before, that it says in, that, in the Ksuba her house, as opposed to a hut, meaning if the house is super cramped and there's not enough room for her and for the heirs, then she taka leaves. Because it says Bebesi, which implies that she's only uh, she only gets a right to the house if it's large enough to be considered a home, if it's mamish a one-bedroom apartment and there's other kids anyway, then you can't, she can't force them to let her stay. Let's say the orphans sell the house. Right, she's supposed to stay there, but they sold it. It is not a good sale. 
Now the question is, why is it not a good sale? You'll say, well, it belongs to her. But we find that we know when there's, um, normally after the husband dies, right, the, the sons get the money, and the daughter the daughter gets supported from the brothers. Now, we know also that that's only true if there's enough money to support them for a year. Let's say there's not enough money to support them for a year. Right? There's not enough money to support them for a year. The halacha is the entire state goes to the daughters. Let's say the brothers, before the daughters get it, just sell it. The halacha is, it's a jerk thing to do, but lemaisa it works, but the other it works. The question is, why over there does it work? But over here, if they try to sell the house, it doesn't work. So the Gemara says... How come when it comes to small amount of nechosim, if they try to sell it, if they sell it before the daughters get it works, so how come they can't sell the house? And the evidence doesn't, it's not a good sale. So the answer is, The answer is that because in the ksuba itself, it says that she will get the house, that means that even when she's alive, when the husband's alive, it's already considered hers. So therefore, they only got it after the husband died. Their ability to sell only kicks in after the husband died. At that point, it was already her house. So she predates them. Amr Abaya, Naktinon. Abaya says, Naktinon, we have a tradition. Midor almana shenofal. If the house collapsed, the heirs do not have to rebuild it because she's entitled to the house. Once it falls down, it's not a house anymore. Tan Namiachi, the Brisa similarly states, Midor almana shenofal. If the widow's house collapsed, the heirs do not have to build it. And not only that, even if she says, even if she says, let me build it, I'll pay for the, I'll pay for the construction, they don't have to let her. They could say, we're going to sell it. Once it falls down, it's no longer hers. Let's say it's about to fall, and she, and she uh, repairs the house so that it doesn't fall. The question is, do we say, well, right now it didn't fall? Or do we say, no, because Alpider Chateva, without her intervening, it would have fallen. It's Kiilu, it fell already, and she no longer has a share in the house. It's no longer hers. Teiku, we are not sure. Okay? Amri Yashi. So now, we said in the Mishnah that if she says, I want to I, I wanna stay here, they can't kick her out. But if she says she wants to live by her parents, they could say, no, you have to live by us. Why, why is it that they have the right to force her to live there? Why can't she stay at her parents' house and they'll send her money? What's the difference? So the answer is, Maseyele Ravuna, Dabra Ravuna, this back to Ravuna, Ravuna says, Bracha The more people in the house, the more Bracha in the house. Now you could say that it means practically, right, depending on, Taisvis understands this as a practical thing. More people in the house, more people that could help, you know, it's a practical thing. So therefore, she, she, she they, they, they could force her they could force her to stay in the house because the more people in the house, the, the more brach in the house. But Rashi explains, oh, I'll pee like mazel. The more people in the house, Hashem sends more bracha. Based on more Jews in one area, Hashem sends more bracha. So the more people in the house, the more brach in the house. That's, uh, so therefore, she's forced to stay in the house and she can't go to the parents' house because she goes to the parents' house, there's less bracha in the house. So the Gemara says, So why can't she deduct the amount of bracha she would give? Let's say, I don't know how you would quantify this. Let's say she's entitled to $100 a month. So they say, she says, I want to live by my parents. They say, no, you have to live by us because there's more bracha in the house. She says, well, how much bracha am I giving? I'm giving 20% bracha. Based on the amount of people in the house, right? 20% bracha. So send me $80 by my parents' house. Why can't she do that? So the Gemara says, you're right. That's taka what it means. If she doesn't live in the house, then 
if she doesn't live in the house, then she gets money, but she only gets um, the percentage owed to her minus the bracha that she would bring. Amr um, Avachuna, Ravuna says, so you see over here the Chazal tell, tell her that she should stay in the house, because, and there's halachic reason, but there's also like a deeper reason of bracha in the house. So says Ravuna, Lashen Chachamim, a lot of times Chazal will secretly, secretly tell you about bracha, Sometimes they'll give you financial advice, and sometimes Chazal will give you med- medicinal advice. The first one is bracha that we just had. The Chazal are telling you where to live, but they're also secretly sliding in that there's a bracha in the house. Oisher, the second thing they'll teach you, Agav, is financial advice. How so? It's If someone's selling produce to his house, to, to his friend, for a greed upon price, now the halach is Moshach Madad, once the buyer performs Meshicha, the Kinyan Meshicha drags the fruit, Kana, he's kainit. Madad like Moshach, let's say he measures it but he was not did Meshicha, like Kana, he hasn't acquired it. So let's say you have an entire you know, a, a crate of apples. You only kainit when you when you when you do Meshicha. If you don't do Meshicha, you haven't acquired it yet. So here's the problem. You have this giant crate of apples, it's very, very heavy. You don't want to do Mashiach right now. You're tired. The problem is, until you do Mashiach, he could undo the sale. But you want the apples. So here's what you do. Says the Gemara, If you're clever, You should rent the space, rent the ground under the apples. And that will automatically be from a Chatzar perspective. If you rent the land under the fruit, you'll automatically get the fruit. So, it says, so that's a halachic thing to tell you, that if you're the Chatzar under it, you'll automatically get the pears on top. But it's also telling you financial advice. It's giving you etza. That if you have fruit, and you, and you don't want to get messed over, so rent the ground. That's, that's a financial advice. The last one is medicinal advice. It's not in the mission. It says, You now let a true grain of wheat and place it on a on a cut. They used to put wheat, a chewed up wheat on their cuts. You can't do it on Pesach because when you chew up the wheat, it could turn into chametz. What do you see from here? That if not for the chametz issue, it would be medicinally effective. So this is telling you a medicinal aspect that putting uh, chewed up grain on a cut can help. Okay. So from here, basically, until the end of the daf, we're going to be dealing with the story of Rav Yudha Nasi's death. It's very fascinating. There's a lot of halachic stuff in here. I can't go into through all of it because it's the late Arab Yom Tif. But the and we're gonna bring down stories and we're gonna branch out. It'll be interesting. When Rebbe was dying, he said, He told he told the people present, I want to speak to my sons. I want to speak to my kids. So his sons entered. So he told them the following things. First of all, be careful with the honor of your mother. Honor your mother properly. Which the Gemara instantly is going to ask. It's Kibbut of Eim. It's Daraisa. Okay, we'll talk about that. Number two is Ner Yehei Doluk Bim Always put a candle by my seat. As we're going to see, Ravid Anasi would come back even after he passed away. He would come back on Friday night according to Sev Chassid Kiddush, which is an interesting Kiddush. So he said, even after I pass away, I want there to be a Ner by my seat. Shulchan Yechar Mekayimi and the table should be set where I normally am. The couch should be placed the way it normally is. Okay. The next thing he said is Yosef Chafni and Shimon Ephrati. Yosef of Haifa and Shimon of Ephrati. They are my Gabbai's when I'm alive and they are my Gabbai's after I pass away. 
Okay, so let's go through each one. First of all, you tell them be careful with the kibbutz of your mother, of 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 your mother. So the question is, deraisi. We have to tell them it's deraisi. The sif kavodis of yichavesim echutz. It's a deraisi. You have to tell them that. The answer is eshes avav. The answer is it was their stepmother. Okay, so it's not deraisi. The problem is the stepmother is also deraisi. Eshes nam nami deraisi. The Tanya, the pasuk says kavodis of yichavesim echa. S of yichav. The extra s is the eshes avav. Is your stepmother? S imecha zubalimcha. Is your stepfather? So and vav yisera lorabis is achicha gadol. The extra vav tells you your older brother. What do you see? The s tells you stepmother is deraisa. So if a stepmother is achicha deraisa, what do you need? What do you need? Uh, if a stepmother is achicha deraisa, then what do you need? Um, if a stepmother is achicha deraisa, then why do Rebbe have to tell them to be careful? So the answer is hanim in the mechayim. Stepmother is achicha deraisa when the husband's alive, meaning when the father's alive, there's an obligation biblically to honor your stepmother. After the father passed away, there's no longer a mitzvah to be mechavid, your stepmother. And that's why Rebbe had to tell them to be careful. The second thing he told them was, right? The house should be set the way, the way it is. Keep everything the same. My time, what's the reason? Because every Friday night, Rabbi Danasi would come back. According to the morale, he would come back not in physical form, but the neshama. He would sense his neshama there, and he would make kiddush, which is a shiloh, because normally after you pass away, you're not obligated to mitzvahs. But the, you see that tzaddikim, afilim misasim, nekram chayim. Tzaddikim mean after they pass away, they're called living. Ha'ubei shimsha, on a certain Friday night, asa shechavta kakaris ha'bava. A neighbor woman came and called out and was at the door. Samar Imseh, so Rebbe's maidservant said, shtikud Rebbe Yosef, quiet, Rebbe's here. He's probably making kiddush at the time. So she let the secret out. Once Rabbi heard this, that his visits were becoming public knowledge, he stopped coming. Because he doesn't want people to start questioning other tzaddikim and say, oh, why is Rabbi the only one who's coming? Must be other tzaddikim are not so holy. So Rabbi stopped coming. The next thing he said was, They were gabbai's when I'm alive, they'll be gabbai's when I pass away. So some of people thought what he meant was, The Rebbe was saying these men should serve him in this world, meaning they should serve him in life and in death, meaning they should bury him. But the the problem was, after Rebbe said this, they died. So they died before him, so they couldn't have gone to, they couldn't have done the funeral. So what did Rebbe mean that they're going to serve me in death? So the Gemara says, what, what obviously Rebbe meant was that they will be the Gabes for him in Shemaim. There's Gabes in Gan Eden also. And why did he have to tell them this? What does it matter? Why should we know that he's Gabai, that they're Gabes in Gan Eden? Because Rebbe knew that they were going to die right away. And people, he didn't want people to think, oh, these Gabais, they weren't such hush of a people. You see that you see that they were only alive because Rebbe was like giving them brachas. The second Rebbe dies, they die. So Rebbe said, no, they're gabbais for me in Gan Eden. They're chash of the people as well. Okay. Amr Lehen, the Rebbe said to his sons, L'chach Yisrael I want you to send in the Rabbonim. Right? He asked for the sons, he spoke to them, and he says, to the sons, I want you to send in the Rabbonim. So Nechel asked L'chach Yisrael, so the Rabbonim enter. Amr Lehen, he says the following things. Altis Veduni Barayos, don't eulogize me in towns. Go to the next page. Vayshibu, that's number one, which we'll see what this means. Vayshibu yeshiva la'achas shoyishim yoyim. That yeshivas would stop because they would be oisik and eulogies all day. He says, after 30 days, I want the yeshivas to reopen. Then he said, Shimon bin Yichacha, my son Shimon is smart. Gamliel bin Yinasi, my son Gamliel, the older one, will be the nasi, will be the leader. Okay. 
Chanina Bar Chama Yeshebroish, and Chanina Bar Chama should be the head of the be the Rosh Hashiva. Okay, so let's go through each one. First, he said, Altis Duni Barroyus, don't eulogize me in the town. Savimina, so people thought, Bishum Tirchu, the Gomer. He just said he doesn't want people to be Matriach, to do it in small villages, only eulogize me in the towns. Meaning, people thought that at first um, it would be too much of a burden to eulogize him in small towns. So he says, don't, don't eulogize me in towns. But that's not what the reason. Keeping the Chazak discovered the Rabbim, because of Kuliyalma, Amr Shmam and Hashem Yikr the Kamer. Once people realized that everyone was getting together and making these massive eulogies, he realized the Rebbe was wanted for Kavarat Torah. Rebbe represented Torah Peh. So Rebbe wanted for Kavarat Torah. You know, if you do eulogies in small little shtetlach in every little town, then the eulogies are not so so big. Rebbe wanted, make a couple massive ones, they'll be Kavarat Torah. Okay. Then he said, after 30 days, I want the yeshivas to reopen, meaning eulogize me for 30 days, and that's it. Rebbe understood he wasn't greater than Moshe for 30 days. And after that, you got to go back to life. The Gemara explains what happened. For 30 days, they eulogized him day and night. The Kanveilach. The Kanveilach, after 30 days, Saftu be Imam of Agarasi Belaila. After that, they eulogize him by day and study Torah at night. Saftu Belaila of Agarasi Where they would eulogize him by day, by night, and, and, and learn Torah during the day. Ad the Safti Tresiyachashavta until 12 months, and then they went back to life. So the Gemara says, Ahu Yuami the Shafta Rebbe, the day of Rebbe's death. Nafka Baskov Amra, a heavenly voice came out and said, Called the Hav of the Rebbe, whoever is here at the death of Rebbe, meaning whoever is here ready to go to the eulogy, ready to go to the funeral, will go to Chayim will go to Chayim Haba straight. So, who this? There was a certain launderer. He was always by Rebbe. That day he couldn't make it to the funeral. When he heard this, that those present will have Olam Haba, and he felt that he was excluded, he went to the roof and jumped and and. and he threw himself off, and Yosef Baskova Amr and a heavenly voice came out and said, That that launder is also ready for Elam Habas. So they're trying to talk about how could suicide? Suicide is not it's not allowed. It's Habas. How could he do this? So some say he didn't really kill himself. He he, he went to the roof and and he was so upset that he he lost balance. It's it's a big Shiloh, It's not for now. Gemara continues. Shimon ben Yichachem. Again, Rav Gamliel, Rebbe had two sons. He had Shimon and Gamliel. Gamliel was the older one. Shimon was the younger one. He said Shimon is wise, but Gamliel is the nasi. So, Micah, what do you mean Shimon is wise? He meant even though Shimon is wiser than Gamliel, Gamliel is the nasi. So, Amr Levi. So, Levi said, Why do you have to tell you this? If Gamliel is the older one, he should, of course, be the nasi. Why did Rebbe have to tell us that Gamliel is going to be the nasi? It's possible he'll be the nasi. So, Rishimin Bar Rebbe, Rishimin Bar Rebbe did not like. I don't know if this is the same Rishimin Bar Rebbe. I don't know if this is the same Shimon, but Rishimin Bar Rebbe did not like that Levi was talking that way about his, I guess, his father potentially. He says, It was uh, he needed to speak this out for you, and and you're and you're and you're being a cripple. We know that Rebbe was lame. Now. The, the reason Pashas is because Rebbe was lame, the Gemara and Sukkot says, because he spoke disrespectfully to Hashem. So, Shimba Rebbe is saying that he was giving a Musa for talking that way. Now, 
I don't think Roshim Rebbe was his son. I think he was a Talmud of Rebbe. So, my Kashale, so how do you answer the question? Meaning, why Taka did Rebbe have to speak out that Rav Gamliel is going to be the Nasi if Rav Gamliel, if Gamliel was not as great as Shimon? The answer is, We know that by come kings, it goes by the eldest. So, Taka, it's a good point. So, the answer is, the answer is, it goes to the oldest if the oldest is most qualified. Rav Gamliel was not as qualified as his younger brother. So the Gemara says, well, Rabbi Maitamahahi, well, if Rav Gamliel is not as big of a chacham as his younger brother, why Taka did he take over? The answer is, he may not have been as great as his, as his brother when it comes to Torah, but when it comes to Yerushamayim and Yerushchait, he was greater. Okay. Then Rebbe said that the Rosh Hashiva should be Hanina Bar Chamis. The question is, so the question is the following story. Loi Kibel Rav Hanina, Rav Hanina who was, who was appointed by Rebbe before he died, Rav Hanina did not want to become the Rosh Hashiva. Because Rav Ephes was older than him by two and a half years. And Rav Hanina felt it would be disrespectful, so he let Rav Ephes be the Rosh Hashiva. So you have Rav Ephes giving becoming the Rosh Hashiva inside. The problem is Rav Hanina felt that he was too chashiv to go to his shir. So Yasser Rav Ephes Beresh. Rav Ephes was inside the yeshiva being Rosh Hashiva. Yasser Hanina Broy and Hanina was outside. He would learn outside of the yeshiva. He didn't want to be inside. It's awkward. So he learned outside. Now. Also, Levi, Levi would learn with Hanina. Now, as the Gemara is going to clarify, Levi was very happy to go to Rav Ephesashir. He was not, uh, he didn't feel that he was too good to go to Rav Ephesashir. But he didn't want Rav Hanina to be sitting outside alone, so he went to Rav Hanina. So the Gemara says, Noyach Nafshi to Rav Ephes. Rav Ephes eventually died. So Rav Hanina became the Rosh Hashiva. The problem is that Levi looked at Rav Hanina as like a chavrusa, he didn't want to go to Rav Hanina. So Levi in he didn't want to sit outside alone. So Kasala Babel so he moved to Babel. And the Gemara says this explains the story. This is why they said Rav, who was in Babel at the time, there's a certain great man who came to Narda. Umitla, and he's limping, because Levi was limping. Vidarish Kalila Shari, and he said that you're allowed to wear a tiara on Shabbos, that it's considered not the type of clothing that you take off without an Arif. Fine. Omar, so when Rav heard that Levi is here, he says, Shmami no nechashe de Rav Ephes. It must be Rav Ephes has died. Ve'er Yasser of Hanina Bereshen, Hanina now is in the Rosh Hashiva, V'lehem Levi, Inishad Eisekabe. And he's got no one to learn with, so Kasi, he moved here. Now, he knew that because the arrangement was that he was outside with Rav Hanina. Now, he, know, he knew that must be Rav Ephes died. Rav Hanina went inside the Rosh Hashiva. Levi didn't want to learn about Rav Hanina, so he left. So the Gemara says, how did he know that Rav Ephes died? Maybe the opposite. Maybe Rav Hanina died. And he just decided to move because he lost his chavrusa. And how do you know that Rav Ephes died? Maybe Rav Hanina died. So the Gemara gives two answers. First of all, First of all, Levi would have no problem learning by Rav Ephes. So if Rav Ephes, if Rav Hanina died, he would have just gone inside. He only stayed outside to keep Rav Hanina company. He wouldn't learn by Rav Hanina, but he would have no problem learning by Rav Ephes. The second answer is more simple, and that is Iba Yisema Kivan the Amr Chanina Bar Chama Yeshe Baroish Lisagadulay Malach Tichsub Tzadikim B'Tigzar V'Yakom Lehu. It can't be that Rav Chanina would die without becoming Rosh Hashiva, because Rebbe, before he passed away, said that he wanted Rav Chanina to be Rosh Hashiva. So there's no way Rav Chanina would have died without becoming Rosh Hashiva, because when a tzaddik is goyz, Hakadosh Baruch Hu So it must be that Rav Ephes passed away. So now Rav Chanina was appointed as Rosh Hashiva. So the question is, but why? 
there was someone greater than Chanina. Har Rav Chia. Rav Chia was greater than Rav Chanina, and Rav Chia should be the Rosh Hashiva. So the Gemara answers Nayach Nashi. Rav Chia had already died. So now the Gemara has proven that when Rebbe died, Rav Chia had already died. So Rav Chia predeceased Rebbe. The problem is, Amr Rav Chia. Rav Chia said, Ani Reisi Kivasha Rebbe. Rav Chia said, I saw Rebbe's grave. And I cried by the grave. So you're telling me that Rav Chanina died before Rebbe, but Rav Chia said I went to Rebbe's kever. So the answer is Epoch. Reverse it. Rebbe said he went to Rav Chia's kever. I, Yom Rav Chia, didn't Rav Chia once say, Oysa hayoyim shemes Rebbe batla Kedusha, the day that Rebbe died, Kedusha was lost to the world. So you see that Rebbe Chia was alive when Rebbe died. The answer is Epoch. Switch it again. That Rebbe said when Rav Chia died. Rav Chia died before uh, Rebbe. Batanya, another question. Again, we're saying that Rav Chia died that Rav Chia died before Rebbe. But it says like this, the following story, Kishechala Rebbe, when Rebbe was ill and he was dying, Nechaz Rav Chia, Etzler Rav Chia went to him, so you already stopped right here, you see that Rav Chia was alive when Rebbe was dying. And Rav Chia found that Rebbe was crying. So Amla Rav Chia said to Rebbe, Rebbe Neimata Baicha, why are you crying? But Tanya, and it's not a good thing to cry, because, because the Gemara says that um, this is talking about Rebbe's last illness. And the Gemara is going to prove that when Sadiqim how they act before they pass away can could be a good sign or a bad sign. So Rebbe's crying. He says, If someone dies amidst laughter, it's a good sign. But if you, if you die while you're crying, it's not a good sign. So you don't want Rebbe to be crying. Now the Gemara price continues. If you die with your face upward, it's a good sign. If you die facing down, it's a bad sign. If you die with you facing the people, it's a good sign. If you die with, uh, facing the wall, it's not a good sign. If your face is like green, it's not a good sign. If you, if you have a golden hue or a reddish hue, that's a good sign. If you die, it's a good sign. If you die from stomach ailments, that's good. Because that's the average death of tzaddikim. So Rukhia said to Rebbe, why are you crying? So Rebbe said, I'm crying because the terimits I won't be able to I won't be able to keep. But what you see from this, you see that Rukhia was around when Rebbe was dying. So Rukhia didn't die before Rebbe. So Iba Yisema Epech. First of all, you could just reverse the story that Rukhia was the one dying and Rebbe is the one who had the conversation with him. Iba Yisema Loyal Moitepech. Or another answer, and that is, we had a question. All of this is because we asked, why did Rebbe not appoint Rukhia as the Rosh Hashiva? So he said, because he had already died. More simply, Rukhia Asik B'mitzvah Sav. Rukhia was Oisik B'mitzvah. Rebbe was afraid that by him, because he was Oisik B'mitzvah that if he makes them Rosh Hashiva, he won't be able to keep the mitzvahs. Now, what's in a great example of Rav Chia's Isaac and mitzvahs? Rav Chanina and Rav Chia were once arguing about a certain issue. So Rav Chanina said to Rav Chia, you're arguing with me. My learning is so great. If Ter is forgotten, I'll be able to bring it back with my wisdom. So don't argue with me. You are able to figure out how to bring Torah back if it's forgotten. I'll make sure Torah is not forgotten through my through my mitzvahs, through my actions. Why? I'll bring flax seed and sow it, and I'll plant flax. And I'll weave it into nets. And I'll use the nets to catch deer. And I'll feed the meat of the deer to orphans. And I'll take the skin of the deer and make it into scrolls. 
I'll go to a city that doesn't have Rabbeim to teach children. And on the parchment, I'll write the five books of Torah. And I'll teach Mishnayis by heart. And to each your children, I'll tell you, teach it to your friend. So you see that that was his mentality. It wasn't through Torah, it was through mitzvahs. I'll, I'll make sure the Torah is not forgotten. And this is what Rebbe said. So the Gemara says, Rav Shimba said to his father Rebbe, I think Rav Shimba was the son of Rebbe, Rav Chia's actions are even greater than yours. I'm like, yeah. Rav Shmuel, son of Rav Yaisi, said to Rebbe, even for my father, Rav Shmuel, uh, for my father, Rav Yaisi, God forbid. He's great, but he's not your father. So to finish off the story, so Rebbe, after the speaking to the Rabbonim, says, I want to speak to my younger son, Rav Shimon. So Nicholas Rav Shimon, Hetzler Shimon, walks in. He teaches him Kabbalah. Now he says, I need my oldest son, Rav Gamliel. Nicholas Rav Gamliel, Hetzler Rav Gamliel enters. He teaches him how to be a, a leader. He says, my son, you should uh, act like a Nasi Barabim, Zeroik Marib Talmidim. Meaning, surround yourself with, um, like a king, surround yourself with uh, great people, but be tough with them. Meaning, don't don't smile, be tough, so that they'll be in awe of you. Meaning, surround yourself with the Rabbanim, and then be strong with the Rabbanim. So the Gemara says, it was a different time back then, any is this true that you should try to, Put fear amongst Rabbanim. Doesn't the pasuk say, "Those who fear Hashem, like uh, of people, you'll honor"? That's referring to Yeshua. Yeshua was the king, but when he would see a Talmud he would get up from his seat and give him a hug and give him a kiss. He would show honor. So why is it that Rebbe is telling the son of Gamliel? That you're like the king, but you gotta be tough with the Rabbanim. I thought a king is supposed to honor Rabbanim. Like Kasha, but Sina Habafahasi. The answer is privately you have to show a lot of respect. Publicly you gotta show a strong face. Okay. Tanya will end with the story with this. Rebbe Mutabit Sipuri. Rebbe was sick in Sipuri. But the burial place was in Beisharim. Um I guess when he died, they took him from Sipuri to Beisharim. So the Gemara says, "Vatanya tzedek tzedek tirdoif halachach Rebbe lebeisharim." But wait, doesn't the pasuk say you should run after righteousness? That means that you should run after Rebbe when he's alive to see him, and to to go to his bezdin, and you should run to beisharim, which means Rebbe was in beisharim. So you tell me he's sick in Sipuri. I thought he lives in beisharim. The answer is very simple. Rebbe beisharim have it. Rebbe was originally in beisharim. Elakivin dechalash when he was ill. They took him to Ziburi, because it's higher mountains, and the air is uh, clearer and sweet. So they took him to Ziburi, but that's where he got sick, and when he died, they brought him back to Bashan. I will stop here, pick it up uh, tomorrow.